0: Welcome to the Bringing Intimacy Back Show, where intimacy is real. If you desire to intimately connect with yourself, your significant other children, family, friends, community, and your higher power. This show is for you. Thus, we explore intimate topics, inspiring life stories, spirituality, and insightful tips on strengthening relationships. This show is hosted by Dr. April and her co-host, Dr. Kelly. Now let's get this episode of the Bringing Intimacy Back show started because we share with you the secret power to intimacy to create a life you love or love the life you create. Now, here's your host, Dr. April, and co host, Dr. Kelly.
1: Welcome to the an Intimacy Back Show, where intimacy is real. Well, today we have a sizzling show for you guys today. Good morning, um, Dr. Kelly. We're so sizzling that it's like saying good morning and it's afternoon. <laughs>
2: Yes, sizzling. Reminds me of a local restaurant has added fajitas to their menu. And it reminds me of when they come to the table all sizzling and hot.
1: Ooh, yes. And all nice and juicy. Yes.
2: So how are you doing? I'm doing great today. It's been a busy day, but I I like it. It's just enough because I get a break tonight and then I get a weekend.
1: Yes, yes. The weekend is really great. Yes, for us to just take time and to relax. So do you know what we're going to talk about today?
2: Uh, Yes, I do. Why do you think I showed up?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. Yes. So but before we get into the topic of today, which is the difference between sex and making love, um, I want to let our readers or our people out there know that um, I do have a book out there. It's called It's All About Sex. It's our fourth book on improving intimacy, and you can find it on Amazon. Check it out. And today we're going to get into some of the deep topics of that book. And also, if you're thinking, you know, hey, I want to experience more intimacy with my partner instead of just talking about it, reading about it, and listening about it. Think about going on our Costa Rica retreat in February in the month of love. We only have two more spots available. So if you're interested, um, definitely listen to the commercials. Uh, hit me up in any of the social media or go to vacationcounseling.com. So Dr. I Kelly. I love
2: that title, Vacation Counseling. Because some people think that counseling is no vacation, right? And some right. people don't go on vacation. So it's right. merged merge you, you know, where people actually, couples get to come together and actually have a vacation and counseling at the same time. It seems like it would take away some of the pain of what people perceived as so difficult, like counseling. Right, definitely. And
1: when you work on your relationship, um, being able to get away and not being in the same four walls with the you know all the problems, being able to get away, think about it, talk about it, and actually experience some fun activities is wonderful. So definitely check that out. So, Dr. Kelly, as we mentioned last time, I know you're um, coming close to the end of your year. And we've talked about a lot of different um, intimacy things throughout the years. Yes. Yes. So before we get completely into our subject matter, um, what is your definition of intimacy? I don't know if it's changed since the show or this year or what do you really think? You know what?
2: I believe that being on the show has impacted my view of intimacy. Uh, okay. I never did fully believe that it was just like sexual intimacy. I knew that I had to be a part of it. You know, it does start with I, right? Intimacy. Right. Yes. Uh, but um, when we started to have so many of the different guests on the show, as well as hearing your perspective on what intimacy was, because I know that we're body and we're mind and we're spirit, right? And that there's a Trinity effect Right. And it's always better if you don't just show up with your body. And that's what we're talking about exactly. today. Right. Right. You know, exactly. It, uh, is it sex or making love. So I would guess to me that sexual intimacy is when you show up, not just with your body. And it's the same way with personal relationships. Like I don't have sex with my friends. Right. But I have intimacy right. with my friendships. And
0: mm-hmm. that's because
2: I show up and I'm fully present. And my motto in life is be where you are. Mm. Be where you are. And uh, so be present. Don't be here. I'm not here with you and wishing I'm somewhere else. I'm fully here. Have you been in those conversations with people and they're talking to you, but they're looking beyond your shoulder? Those are real fun and intimate, aren't they? You're at a dinner party or whatever, and people are looking around while you're trying to have a conversation. Right. You don't feel connected. Right. And and when I look at intimacy. And they don't even notice. Sometimes they don't even notice that I stop talking. Right. I wanted to know, do I have to be here for this conversation? And I think sometimes people think that about sexual intimacy. Do I have to be here for this? Right. Now that's sex, right?
1: Yes. Yes. And so as we're getting into this topic, um, the difference between sex and making love. And I see it as, um, well, intimacy, I see it as a connection. And sometimes um, when people are having sex, they're just, it's just the bodies. There's no um, yeah. emotional connection. And I'm not saying that's wrong, um, and I'm not saying it's, it's right, but there is a difference. And I, I think for many people, especially their first time of being young in the, the teens, and of course in the 20s, there's a lot of sex. And people get yeah. that confused.
2: Yeah. Uh in fact, uh, they use another word for it. Hookups? The, the F word. Oh, okay, the F word. And yes. they'll even say you wanna, right? Right. And uh some people do wanna. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh that there's there's a difference. And I guess sometimes it'd be like, hey, do you just want to have sex if it's a sexual release? And it's sex, you know. Um, But do you believe, and this is where I want to ask you, because you are, you're a certified uh, sex therapist, and a number of, you have a number of credentials in that area. Um, And while I have helped people with sexual intimacy, it hasn't been my forte. Um, Do you, do you believe that uh, it's like, some people just, Okay. Do you believe that people make love every time they make love make love, or have sex? Do you believe that? No. Because I, mean, no, I feel like I want to know what you think on this. Uh, right. Related. Yeah. Right. Not
1: all um, couples come together and make love. Okay. Right. You know, some couples just hook up for friends with benefits and all that kind of stuff. Okay. That's one part. And then I don't believe that not all couples, even that are married, are making love. Sometimes. So what is
2: the difference between sex and making love? I would see it as in the sense of that
1: connection of intimacy. So if you're, um, let's say you're married and you're having sex with your partner, and maybe you're just having sex because you feel like your partner just needs to release, but you're like kind of checked out. You know, you're just laying there or you're doing the motions, but you don't feel connected. Yes, or even um, some people have uh, sex and they don't even like each other. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I don't think that's making love. Because when you, well, I guess we should go back and define what love is.
2: Love is patient, love <laughs> is, they're like, uh, many of our listeners maybe were like, well, they read First Corinthians 13, you might not have known that it was 1 Corinthians 13 at your right. wedding. Or your ceremony, and they said, what they defined what love is. Mm -hmm. Uh, Love is patient. There's many things that love is. Um, From that standpoint, the spiritual standpoint, but for those listeners that are not spiritual, but they're like, they would define love as what? They would define love as uh, a feeling and an emotion. Not Mm -hmm. as an action, but an emotion, perhaps. Or they might say, I feel loved when somebody brings me coffee or thinks of me or whatever the love language is per se, right? Mm-hmm. That, that, the book on the five love languages. So, you just I made a, an, an excellent
1: point uh, in reference that love is an emotion, but more importantly, it is an action. Mm-hmm. So it is that giving, that receiving, that sacrificing. It's an action. And when you're um, let's say going back to the sex and making love, when you're just having sex, you're not many times um maybe even sometimes giving. You're just so focused on um a release.
2: Yeah, your own needs. Your own needs. Those, yeah. those are fun lovers, right? hmm Yes.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> but I do think sometimes it takes practice. And it takes knowledge of it. You know, I mean, how many parents actually sit down and talk to their kids about um, the difference between sex and making love and how to make sure your partner is satisfied and all that kind of stuff. I mean, did your parents do that? Did your moms?
2: For as far as that goes, we found a little book that I still remember traumatized me. Uh, we found a little book in their bedroom. It was a purple book and it was about sex. And it really was a book on how to educate people on what sex was, but they never did show us that book. We found it. And it was truly a book on how to communicate to your kids about sex, but they never did that. But we know that they shut their door and that they were doing something together in there. Mm, Yes. What about you? Yes. Oh,
1: no, I'm actually grew up in a very, um, Christian Catholic based family. So, mm-hmm. um, it was not, you know, taught to me at all. Um, and so what it it's through for most of us is through experience of trying to figure it out and sometimes educating ourselves. So anyway, if you're out there and you're thinking, well, I have some questions about sex and or what's the difference between sex and making love or how do I know which one I'm doing? Um, give us a call at one 8 627 6008 and we're going to take a break and when we come back we're going to dig deeper into sex and making love and at the different stages of life
0: are you wanting a vacation in paradise a vacation to rekindle the passion a vacation without the kids a vacation where you can learn how to communicate where you and your partner actually hear each other and gain insight if so Vacation Counseling is your next vacation. Dr. April Brown has created Vacation Counseling in Southwest Florida as a perfect option for you and your partner. Our retreats are one couple at a time. We have a variety of packages available to choose from, including virtual couples retreats. If you and your partner are interested in the Vacation Counseling, Please visit us at vacationcounseling.com for more information on pricing and packages. Also, follow us on Instagram and Facebook. To keep track of the latest news, stories, activities, or coupons on vacation counseling and Dr. April's other services, we encourage you to sign up to receive a monthly newsletter called Intimate Connections at draprilbrown.com. Remember, if you and your partner are struggling with communication and intimacy, and you all are looking for a retreat to connect, Vacation Counseling can be your next vacation in Southwest Florida.
1: Welcome back to the Bringing Intimacy Show, where intimacy is real. Dr. Kelly and I have been talking about sex and making love and the difference. So Dr. Kelly, um, have you heard in the dating world, um, especially when people are in their 20s, that sometimes if you go on a date three to four times, then you're supposed to put out. Have you ever heard oh, yeah. that before?
2: I heard it doesn't even take that long to, to get to the fourth date. Uh, sometimes that's where the whole thing, the where going Dutch is, that if they don't pay, then you don't have to put out. Did you know that that was part of the the perception of going Dutch meaning they pick up the bill if they pick up the bill then you're supposed to there's some inference that you should be doing something else that you should pick something up Wow I didn't even but know that Yeah yes. I have heard about it Yeah how yes. are you familiar with the term going Dutch
1: Yes I'm um, yes but I didn't yes. know that if someone picked up the check then
2: there's they an didn't inference. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Be Careful.
1: (laughs) Yes. So this puts a lot of pressure on people, especially young people who are like, you know, I want to make a good impression. Uh, I think I like this person. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, But I'm not sure. Do I just go and go for it? Or yeah. Or I want to have more of a connection.
2: You know, there used to be you know, it's kind of flipped around a little bit. There was always the other, remember we have stereotypes, right? The stereotype of yes. men is that they're the ones that want to have sex, right? Right. And then the woman has to be like, well, I want to wait till the third date or I want to wait to get to know you or, you know, whatever. Well, it's flipped around. I've actually heard from some young men and men that say, you know, they, they just want to hook up and have sex and I want to get to know them which, you know, if you just, that's just sex, right? You how can not make love to somebody that you just met? That's the real question. Can you make love to somebody you just met? What do you think? I I think the answer is no, but we can believe differently. What what do you think? I don't think I can make love to somebody I just met. No, I
1: do think it takes time, but it also, how can I put it, that time, whether it is time- you know, of course, you know, weeks and all that kind of time, or whether also if you go through something intense together, because then you're able to see how that person reacts. And sometimes that intensity of going through a struggle together can create people to connect better.
2: Oh yeah. Like the foxhole, the people that are in the, the war they are in the same foxhole, hiding out from the shrapnel, and people are coming after them with guns, trying to kill them. And they jump in the same foxhole, and they're called foxhole buddies because right. they went through that together, fighting for their life. And it doesn't even take more than one one time with somebody coming mm-hmm. after, them. Um, and then the same thing, having that struggle because you were in the same car or you were in the same event, and you, you know, you feel closer to them. So yeah, that, that means that we have to have a period of time that we go through in order to have struggles. Cause you're not going to have those on your first date. Right. In most <laughs> cases, <laughs> but in some. I would hope not. Yeah. So is it okay that when you're with your partner,
1: especially since we're just talking about new relationships mm-hmm. to say, you know, hmm, this person has asked me, uh, well, well, I'm not sure if I want to have sex. Maybe I want to make love to you. So maybe we need to wait. What do you. Th- yeah. Have you ever said that to someone, you know, when they've asked, you know,
2: in some aspect. I'll tell you, I haven't said that, but I know one time when um, I had a relative that had a, an accident, a motorcycle accident, and they were out of state in a hospital. And, I called to send flowers. And so I got the girlfriend and they said, right. uh, the, the girlfriend told me uh, he doesn't like flowers. Right? right. And I, I said, um, I've seen him hold a flower closer to his chest than any woman. What's his room number? And then I wanted to, and, and Dr. April, I came this close to saying it. And you think you know him? You only know his body. <laughs> See, because you see, a lot of people think that they know somebody, but that means, and you know, his body, you've had sex with them like X number of times, but if you don't know that he likes flowers, we have a bigger problem. You ought to be able to know uh, more intimate things about people than just their body and what turns them on, quote unquote, right? Right. So to me, that's what intimacy is, is knowing um, not just their body, but knowing them and other things that they enjoy and love outside of the bedroom.
1: Right. Because if you just know their body, um, after a while, the sex does become boring because it's just the same thing. But when you start to connect emotionally and emotions change, you know, um, how deeply you feel about someone or you connect with their intellectual mind or their activities, it, It deepens that connection and it adds flavor to it.
2: Oh, yes. Yes. You help people find the flavor in their relationships and in their lovemaking. Do you have Mm -hmm. people sometimes that come intimidated and uh, whether it's the male or the female or either one and says, you know, I don't know how to communicate what I want. Right. I'd like to make love, but I don't know how to communicate what I want. I think that there's an element of that. There must be, right?
1: Right. Yeah. And I've had quite a few people ask about how do I talk to my partner about that? Um, and one of the things that I utilize, I don't know if you've ever heard, it's called the um, sexual tasting menu. Have you ever heard that before?
2: I have heard of that. Yes. Oh, Is that okay. the, peach the, the, no, peach the
1: peach element? No, that's the peach element. No, that's something else. But no, the sex <laughs> tasting menu, it's looking at um, basically sexual intimacy as a full-blown menu of what you like. So you start off with the ambiance. Like, what smells do you like? Is it lavender? Is it um, uh, lemongrass? What flowers do you like? Magnolias or roses? What's that, okay? Then the second part, the next part is, is the appetizers, Okay. So, you write down the appetizers. That That's
2: you the like. foreplay? Is that the foreplay? Uh, exactly. The yes. Right yes, on. Exactly.
1: on I'm visual. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Whether you like a feet massage, the nibbling of the um, nipples or the ear, whatever the case is that, that you like. And then it's the full blown meal, which is, of course, intercourse, you know, the actual intercourse. And then it's actually after that comes the dessert. Yes, and you guys know what dessert right is,
2: on. right? I think yes. some people think they may. Maybe your menu is a little mixed up. Some of you think you're going to have your cake before you have your appetizer, and you're trying to make love without foreplay. That not gonna work. That's right. not going to work.
1: Right. Uh. Right. Because an like appetizer. Av- yes. Now I yeah, want and-
2: onion rings. <laughs> yes.
1: So, yeah. So if you're talking with your partner, you can, you know, bring it up that way. So let's talk about it as a menu. You know, what do you like here? What do you like there? It's really good to sit there and talk about it because um, we're all different. And not every female's the same and not every male's the same. So it's really good. And, and going on to that um, topic from what you just were talking about, men and women are different sexually. And so that foreplay, like you said, it's extremely important. And,
2: and I um, want to pause for a moment and I want to talk about this and I want people to listen up because kissing is a lost art and kissing mm-hmm. is foreplay and it can happen not only just foreplay, but throughout the lovemaking. Yes. Right. You cannot, um, you cannot, lose that art of the thing that brought you together, the thing that was stimulating at first. And I am shocked at how many people give up kissing. Maybe it's because I'm French. I don't know. But I just honestly can't get over how many people stop kissing.
1: Right. And in some places where they're just having sex because they want to release or Yeah, or there's group sex, or I mean, I deal with a lot of different things, whether the mm-hmm. swingers or whatever the case may be. Many times in those situations, um, the people are not kissing. They're because not kissing allowed
2: is, to. That's one of the rules.
1: Could be one of the rules, but it's so intimate, it's just sex. You
2: right. Know what I'm it's saying? not intimate. So, therefore, right.
1: kissing is intimate. Right, right. But when you're making love, like you were stating, kissing. Should be a part of it, you know, and I challenge couples to do, you know, a 90 second kiss, you know, that so they can, yeah, be together in that aspect.
2: I now I'm like, not only do I want onion rings, I want a kiss. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> uh, boy, oh boy. But um, 90 seconds for some people are like 90 seconds because they will go to that peck on the lips hmm. For some yeah. people, can cut it. Right. I argue, and I, I know Um, I'm hoping I'm not going off topic too much, but um, this is one of you are in, an expert in this area, truly. And I think that there's maybe some people that are listening and and they would like some suggestions on foreplay. I have another question that came in from an audience member, but I'm going to hold off on that and I will get to you, Betsy. But Uh, Can you give us some suggestions for foreplay? Okay. So with foreplay
1: um, for couples out there listening um, and especially for men who are in heterosexual relationships, most women's body take about 20 minutes to warm up. Men can pop up like that. So it's really important to warm up the body because when you warm up the body, that's when the woman becomes... More relaxed, more comfortable, um, and she's able to express herself more. So, foreplay is really important. But when you look at foreplay, I don't want you to look at it like, oh my God, it's so stressful. Just look at it as you're on the playground. You know, two people on the playground. Yes, learning to just play with each other's bodies, whether it is um, kissing the neck, playing with the nipples um, massaging or kissing balls, whatever the foreplay is, whether it's massaging, massaging, is really good. That warms people up also. Yeah. Whether for a lot of people, um, they enjoy all sex, which is great too. Yes. That's just uh, with, with appetizer that prepares you, you know, how you, um, or at a, um, restaurant, and you have an appetizer and even maybe an appetizer cocktail and that opens up. Oh, yeah. Your appetite. Yes.
2: Yeah. And then they cleanse the palate between. Well, how many what's your <laughs> what's menu have you had? Have you been to a meal where you've had like a five course meal or how many courses have you had the most in your life?
1: Most I have had um, seven courses.
2: Seven courses. Was that at yes. a wedding?
1: No, 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 no. It was actually um, a European person that I was uh, celebrating their birthday for. Um, you know, the Europeans do it. Yeah. Yes. Oh, I yes. know.
2: They eat for three <laughs> hours. Let's start Ooh, yes. thinking about this menu like a seven-course or even a five-course meal instead of, like, no appetizers, yeah, and you just get to the entree, you have your steak, and you don't even get dessert. Right, right. And the good
1: thing about – Yeah, the good thing is as you um, get older in the sense of as a relationship or a couple, you're able to take your time. You know how sometimes um, in the beginning when you're young, you're like, oh my gosh, I don't want to get caught. So you're doing sex in a car in the backseat of a car real, real quick. Yes. (laughs) But it's so much more better when you're making love and you're taking the whole night. Yeah, I mean, have you ever had that experience where it's three, four hours and you guys are still
2: going at it? You yes. can't get enough of one another. It's making love. Right. Sex would also infer that it's rushed because I would think. Mm-hmm. When I think of sex, it's like, we're if it's about a photo release, anybody can do that. Which comes to uh, Betsy's question. And Betsy has asked... Uh, you mentioned that the entree is intercourse. What if we only have oral sex?
1: Oh, okay. Well, that's fine. Fine. If you have oral sex and um, you're able to fully have orgasms, then that's fine. That can be the entree. Yeah, As you guys know, um, <laughs> have you had appetizers and you're like, wow, you had so many appetizers, I don't even eat the meal. <laughs> I don't even... <laughs> So that oh, is, yeah. sometimes
2: I just have appetizers <laughs> as the meal. That's
1: yes. Yeah. So that is fine. Definitely.
2: Yes. That's a great um, question, Betsy, truly. Yes.
1: Yes. And, and in that question, um, before she asked, and I was just thinking, sometimes um, for some, I've, I've seen it the experience of young men who get so excited, you know, they're like, oh my gosh, I just so much want her. And they feel like, um, I don't know if you heard it, that, oh, my gosh, if I just don't penetrate her and have this orgasm right now, my balls are going to turn blue and fall off. Well, in reality, that's not going to happen.
2: Yeah, (laughs) your balls are not going to fall off.
1: Yes, yes, Any more than her nipples will. (laughs) Yes. And it's okay if you're a guy and you're... Or his. um, Yes. And you're in the system and you're doing and you're having fun with your partner. And what happens if you lose your erection? That's okay, guys. It will come back up. You continue to play. Do not rush it. Because what happens is if you rush it and you go in and you're like, whew, then it's done and over and your woman isn't satisfied. And I don't know about you, Dr. Kelly, um, and even in, on myself, I think young women, how can I put it, um, We're not very expressive. Of what we like and what we don't like, and I think women don't find their voices maybe into later in their twenties or early thirties. I don't know. I didn't have a a voice. Quite
2: honestly, some people never find it. Right. And yes, whether it's a woman or a man, because if a man says what he wants, and it's like, for example, I I had well, this was years ago, but I had a client that it was a man, and he said on a date that he wanted to cuddle. And he said that word, and it turned her off because, and so, right. she made fun of him because he said, "I want to cuddle." Mm-hmm. Like, wow, what? Right? What is that? Right? So right. that then that really really messed him up. Like that made him think, wow. I mean, I really do just want to just cuddle. I don't want to have sex right now. What? What's wrong with you? You don't want to have sex right now, right? You know,
1: Uh, and there's, there's some people who can, um, if you're really connected with your partner, um, where you can even just cuddle or not even, um, actually touch one another and still actually have an orgasm because the orgasm actually starts up here in the brain.
2: Yes. Your mind is the biggest sex organ that you have. Mm -hmm. That's why I heard, um, I can't remember. I think it was Dr. Dow personally, but uh, from Ed, uh, Love, Life, Marriage and Family Center. But anyway, maybe it was Ed Wheat, but he said foreplay starts at breakfast. Exactly. And that's when your kindness, this is for married couples or partners and people that are living together. Your, how you start your morning, that breakfast, think of that like your appetizer. How you treat one another at breakfast is how you will treat one another at night how you leave one another for the day is how, how your night will go. So kindness does matter. Right. Because even go ahead. Go on. Okay. No, I like this. We're so excited. (laughs) I love this overlap. I don't call it interrupting. It's overlapping. Please, please continue.
1: Oh, I was just going to say like, even at breakfast, that what we were talking about earlier, about kissing, don't just leave the house, grab her or grab him or grab each other kiss, make out a little bit and then leave.
2: I told the guy to, I said, you push her in the pantry and you say, I'll be back for you. (laughs) And he was like, what? I said, trust me, she'll like it. Yes. (laughs) He said that pantry thing worked out doctor. (laughs)
1: Yes.
2: (laughs) Take some risks, right?
1: Definitely. Yes. Yes. Well, we're going to take a break. and we come back, we're going to talk about the risks and maybe even toys and the sense of action in the bedroom. We'll be back in a moment.
2: Renew your connection and your love in beautiful Costa Rica. February 27th through March 3rd, 2022. We'll make sure it happens. Vacation Counseling Intimate Couples Retreat. Your next vacation. Enroll now at vacationcounseling.com.
1: Welcome to the Bringing Intimacy Back Show, where intimacy is real. So, we have been talking about what's the difference between sex and making love. And I want to now go into the topic of toys. Yes, yes, using toys in the bedroom.
2: I remember when the toy parties first started, I had a friend that said, oh yeah, I'm going to a toy party tonight. And I really thought it was like, what? It's only June. Why are you going to a toy party? Because I thought it was for Christmas and the kids.
1: (laughs) Yeah, there's some couples that says, oh my gosh, I cannot use a a toy. Um, Because let's say, um, and I've seen this in more heterosexual couples um, where a person feels like, oh, my gosh, if there is a vibrator, you know, that, that I have to compete with that. In reality, that is not at all what it should be.
2: It's been like, especially what kind of toys and what they look like. It's like, I'm sure that some people would be intimidated, but it doesn't mean you're inadequate. There is such a fear of inadequacy on both genders. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I don't know if you know that
1: um, most females cannot have uh, or, uh, orgasm through penetration of a man in a traditional position. It's like it's almost 80% of women cannot have a full orgasm that way. So whether they utilize oral sex, which is great, or um, vibrators or dildos or whatever the case may be, those things help bring more pleasure and excitement. And just like I said earlier, when we were talking about um, making love, it's like a playground. And on the
2: playground, there's toys. What was your favorite playground toy? Was it a monkey bar or the teeter-totter? I hated the teeter-totter. Oh, well, I actually went to um, (laughs) uh, uh, one of my
1: best friends. or She had a 50th birthday party. Mm-hmm. And she had different things there. And uh, there was actually a woman there um, out in Atlanta where they sell a lot of um, sexual stuff. And one of the favorite toys, as we're talking about, and it's probably one of my favorite toys anyway, is swings. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Do you know what a swing is? Oh, you mean a sex swing? <laughs> yes. That's a sex swing or yes. Does it have a hole in it? No, no, that's, well,
2: I mean, I know necessary. what they are, There's the sex and stuff. And I, uh, but no, listen, I'm, I'm, uh, one of those conservative people that might need to be sold on some of this stuff. So yes, just think of yes. me as a virgin, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> so what, uh, define a sex wing and I'm, I'm being serious. You know, me, Dr. I'm trying to be funny, but I'm not. Please communicate. Cause there are those of us that do not know. Right. We're I never just saw like, one.
1: Oh, you've never seen one. Okay, so just like when you were little, you had these swings that, make, that kind of make you feel like you're um, flying.
2: You oh, the, the jumping one.
1: The jumping one, but also the ones that push you in the air that almost make you feel like you're flying. You know, like, like I don't have this gravity of the ground. Gotcha. Okay, yep. right.
2: And then at okay. that right, it's a bear. Yes, yes, it yes. It goes around in a circle. Yeah. Right,
1: right. So there's sex toys. Or sex swings that you can lash onto doors that uh, can help you and your partner have that same experience where it's like um you're not grounded on the the floor, so it it brings in that excitement almost kind of like a mini mini roller coaster kind
2: of thing, yeah, wow. where you can swing, yes. <laughs> That whole gives a whole new visual to swingers.
1: <laughs> yes, it does. And
2: you do this naked?
1: Oh Well, yeah, if you're going to utilize it naked or with lingerie or whatever. Oh, or yeah. You don't necessarily have to be naked. I mean, like I said, people can have um, orgasms even without body parts. Just, right. you, know, c- you know, totally touching. But just that connection of being so close to someone and that, one, and that person sees you and has your back
2: wow, that sounds like there's a lot of trust in this.
1: Yes, definitely. Well, you're
2: not going to like on a first date say, hey, do you want to come to my playground? <laughs> or maybe you do.
1: Yeah, it kind of depends. I mean, everybody, um, <laughs> the other part, uh, good thing that we can talk about is different people's sex drive.
2: Yeah, and what you do when the libido is different. That has, you know, that's come up in uh, my therapy with different couples that... What to do when the well, specifically if a woman if her husband or her partner does not have a uh, does not initiate sex she feels like she's not attracted mm-hmm. that's not very frequent that's come up in counseling quite a bit and uh, some people just don't initiate sex or they have a different libido than you so what do you do right what do you suggest.
1: Right. Well, um, it's a lot of different things. I think a lot of men these days are wanting their partners to initiate. I don't know if back in the 40s they had that, (laughs) you know, men always did the initiating. Yes. And so now um, many women feel like, oh, my gosh, I don't know how to initiate or I don't even know what to say. Um, This wasn't something my mama taught me. You know, how do you go about doing that? And what your partner is really saying is they want to feel needed. Yeah, Yeah, they want to feel that you desire them. And it doesn't have to be a full-blown, you know, I got to do the lingerie and, you know, jump from the ceiling. Um, Sometimes it's just a simple touch. Sometimes it's just a simple whispering in the ear. You know, I want to spend time with you tonight. Yeah, there's very different ways. And for some people who cannot vocalize it, Uh, we've worked on different, um, putting out a teddy bear and a teddy bear means I'm into it. Oh yeah. Yes. But if you're, one of the things I do want to say that if your partner is asking you for intimacy and let's say for some reason, whether you have a stomach ache or whatever the case may be, you just feel like you cannot fully go there with your partner. Don't just say no. Because that Uh, is like a, a rejection.
2: You know, they well, if you put if your partner puts a teddy bear on the bed, that means they want it. And then what are you going to go do? You're going to like go pull the stuffing out and say, No, it'd be like having a Barbie doll on the bed. And if you don't want to have sex, just take her head off. <laughs>
1: yes. I mean, but, that's what, but that's what people feel like that their are oh, right. have taken away. Yes, yes, yes. You so know, I heard like,
2: this is so funny. Yes. I heard this years ago when I was getting tw- over 20 years ago, I was getting my mat, my. Masters in counseling, and I heard the story of a a, sec, a couple that went for counseling and to spice up their sex life, and the true story. And then she, they said, "You you need to initiate it. You need to let him know that you want it." So she came into the garage after you know bringing home groceries, and she sees her husband under the car, and he was changing the oil or something. He was on one of those little rolly things. She reached down. She grabbed his zipper and she goes, zip, zip, zip. I'll see you in the bedroom. And I rolled out and it was the next door neighbor guy. Was helping <laughs> change the oil in the car. <laughs> True story. But the thing yes. is, is that she did, she was like taking some risks. She was saying, right. you know, and of course she was appalled. And all oh my word, you can imagine, right? Yes, uh, what anybody thought, but take some risks. You're communicating. You're being creative. You're being playful. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't hear the rest of the story, but I hope that that didn't shut her down. You know, right,
1: right, definitely, yeah. And then for those who are listening, they're like, "Well, do I have to have sex if my partner wants it? Should I just lay there and fake it? No, no, no. What I'm saying to you is, if your partner wants to be intimate with you. And for some reason you can't, you really should communicate um, at another time, communicate a postponed date, like, you know, Hey, we can do it X, Y, Z. I think that's really important, but to just lay there mm, and no, fake that, it, that no. is like, yes, it's.
2: So what, those are two questions that I'm going to ask you as the sex expert uh, here for Bringing intimacy Back show and all of your certification, all of the counseling, the many couples you have helped. What is a frequency? Is there a frequency? Like for some people, they do only have sex once a month. What is a typical frequency? Is it change with age or because some men might or women might be listening to this and say, I'll be lucky if I have sex even once this month. And then if I initiate it, there's nothing. It's like completely, uh, what's that called? Dead silence. Right. Right. Of course, it
1: depends on everyone's um, lifestyle, but a good overall, a good two to three times a week. is great. It's, it's that, you know, that connection. Yes, but it's something um, and I'm saying that statistic out, but I want to say more importantly, something that as a couple, you guys should discuss. It shouldn't just be um, well, Dr. April says. We need to be doing it two to three times. And maybe you guys have, you know, three little kids running around and that can't happen. But it's something you need to discuss because if it's not discussed and one person has a higher, one person has a lower, it becomes a conflict between the couples. So that is just really important for to have that discussion.
2: Oh, yeah. And speaking of the three little kids... Um, I almost said three little pigs, but three little, (laughs) three little kids and the couple saying, boy, so much for foreplay. I mean, we don't even have we might have three to five minutes to have sex, period, let alone any foreplay. Dr. April, what would you say to them? Right. Um,
1: And maybe you only have three to five minutes for sex to the sexual intimacy. But as we started this show off earlier and we talked about there's many different forms of intimacy. There is those forms of communication, that emotional stuff, that um, even the stuff of taking showers together. Do you know how intimate that is? And many times, I mean, <laughs> you can do a lot of things in the shower while you're you're soaping up so you can kill two birds with one stone.
2: That saves time. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it does. Well, that's some great advice. And what... Yes. Um, as we round to the bend towards the end of our time together, what advice would you give to couples um, that are saying we can't do two to three times a week? We used to. And they hear that and they're like, wow, um, we're not even doing that anymore. Like and they're saying, I miss that.
1: OK, if you're out there and you're listening and you're like, wow, we're not even doing that and, and you're missing it. First thing I would say is to communicate that to your partner. Let me say that when you communicate it to your partner, it's not something that you communicate um, in the bedroom. This is a discussion that requires some sensitivity. So it's how you bring it up, you know? um, Saying, you know what, you never touch me anymore. You're always looking at porn or, or we're not connected. It's this and that. That can come out very aggressive, very accusatory, yeah. and puts this wall. But many times, if you would just say, you know what? I miss you. I miss those touches. I miss holding you in my arm. You know, I would like for us to connect like that some more. Start off with those I statements. Talk about I feel, I need, I want. That is so critical in expressing your needs on an intimate level.
2: That's awesome. And, you know, um, Dr. April's book, uh, fourth book is coming out, and it is called It's All About Sex. But for those of you that are listening and you want to at least get the first book, we'll offer that to you free. Just sign up for the newsletter at bringingintimacyback.com and it was great in our morning meeting this morning, hearing about how, how well Bringing intimacy Back show is doing on Apple Podcasts. Some of you may be listening to us on Apple. We're grateful for that. Um, but we have upcoming shows that do you want to tell them about the upcoming shows or do, I, do you want me to do that?
1: Oh, no. Well, the next one on November 25th is one of our highest uh, shows that we've had. And it was actually um, a show where, how can I put it, um, I really got to understand or get to see a glimpse, let's just say I just saw a glimpse, <laughs> I'm learning to understand her more, of um, Dr. Kelly's beautiful sense of humor. Mm-hmm. So this one is on friendship and culture, intimacy with Ginny Crow, which I think is going to be amazing in that aspect. Yes. Do you want to talk a little bit about that show?
2: Well what I liked about the remember earlier in the show today we were talking about how people when they go through through a difficult time they become closer when they have that struggle. Well that's how I became friends with Jenny Big Crow because it was during hurricane and it was like years ago, I can't remember even which hurricane and she was from South Dakota, the plains of South Dakota. It was her first hurricane. Right. And she was like and I didn't even know her and I I knew a family member and I said, "Hey, come on over from your coast to mine. You can stay, bring your dogs, bring your animals, bring your children, bring your neighbors. You can be safe here. And so that's what she did. She came over and that's how I got to know her through that time. And so Jenny Big Crow is an Oglala Lakota Sioux Indian from Pine Ridge reservation. And it's on cultural intimacy and, and how two different cultures can become friends. And so it's going to be happening next week. And then after that, we have Susan Falter with self-care for extremely busy, busy women. And then on uh, December 9th, we have Jerry Nair, uh, author of Erasing the Margin on Eye Contact, Voices and Hugs. Yes. Awesome. Yes.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So we have some good um, shows coming up in December, which is always December is a month where we're. Intimacy comes to the, to the level of making sure we give. I think that's what the next six weeks about is about giving, you know, to your loved ones through being thankful for everything that they've been provided in our lives, but also um, seeing the people and, you know, giving gifts and gifts can definitely be experiences. So, yes. Yes. And the best gift is yourself. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> so any of those people that are out there listening, make sure that during the holiday season, you take time for yourself. You slow it down because many of us are just running around trying to drop kids off to soccer, basketball, doing homework, cooking, running businesses. Yeah. Oh, right. Slow on. And
2: Christmas. And speaking of toys, don't forget to get your batteries. And now we're <laughs> from our sponsor. I won't say the name. <laughs> yes. Do we have to pay if we say the name of a um, company or something? Um, like, Hell no! They should pay <laughs> us, Duracell. Exactly, exactly, <laughs>
1: exactly. <laughs>
2: exactly. It was nice spending time with you.
1: It was same here, and thank you so much. And this has been the Bringing Intimacy Back show, where intimacy is real.